Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, All things are lawful to me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful to me, but I will not be brought under the power of anything. To not be brought under the power of anything. What does that mean? This is Matt Miller filling in for Chris Wilde today, and this is the first of three programs dealing with the abuse of freedom. And joining us as we close out another week of Life Studies is Francis Ball. Francis, I'm glad you're here for this program today. Well, I'm glad to be here, too. I'm not expecting a really a high release of this message for us. But anyway, we're here. We have to deal with this. This is the Word of God. And we're trying to be faithful to what's in the Bible for our listeners' sake. Well, I think it's an important word. uh, We don't want to cut any verses out of the Bible. And I think I'll just read some verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 12, to give us a context for today's program. Starting with verse 9 says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be led astray, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor the rapacious, will inherit the kingdom of God. And these things were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful to me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful to me, but I will not be brought under the power of anything. Francis, you want to give a little opening word to today's program? Well, I think we've already found out that this First Corinthians is dealing with a lot of big problems. And this list you've just read, it seems to me like that's a summary of our society today, not only in this country, but even over the whole earth. Who is righteous and who is not idolatrous and who's not an adulterer or fornicator? or rapacious, or all these other things that you named. It seems like that just sums up humanity as it is today. But the verse goes on and gives us some real encouragement that he said, these things some of you were guilty of. So he shows that there was a salvation for this kind of person or these kind of people. You know, it reminds me of the fact that Paul reminded Timothy that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief, Paul said. So he's not separating himself from all of these things, except that he was kept from them, no doubt. But at least he's considering himself as a sinner and even a chief of sinners, because he opposed the church. He opposed Christ, and he opposed the Christians. And that made him a chief sinner by his religious way. So these things, while they're so distasteful to us and so exposing to what humanity is like, 
Yet we have to realize all of us were something like this in our past. But we've been washed, we've been sanctified, we've been redeemed, we've been uh, brought into a new relationship with God. We've been restored. And I think that's just marvelous that such people can be saved. But it does say they do not enter into the kingdom of God. And I think we need to see what that means somehow today, that to be forgiven of your sins, to be justified, isn't the whole picture of our salvation. And I think we'll see that as we get on through this book of 1 Corinthians. It's full of problems and also very strong in the one solution, which is Christ himself. In yesterday's program, Francis, I was also here with Gary Evans, and we covered verse 11, which talks about being washed and being sanctified. And it was touching how it's not just a once for all washing and cleansing, but we constantly need to be washed and cleansed. Otherwise, these filthy things are there with us and will spontaneously come out of us. And the washing is in the name of the Lord. Ah, right. And so we really touch this matter in, in this practice of learning how to call upon the name of the Lord Amen. to help us to be washed and cleansed in a practical daily way. That calling is really a cleansing. I know from experience, when I fall into anything that's against the Lord and against righteousness and so on, if I just call on the name of the Lord, I get cleansed. I get a fresh contact with the Lord. So to be cleansed in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God is very, very practical and very necessary. Salvation is much bigger than what we used to think it was. Thanks for that start, Francis. I think we better go on and get to our life study today with Witness Lee. Good. Here he is. This section deals with abuse of freedom in food and in the body. Paul must have had a strong consideration to put all his dealings in such a sequence. This is the fourth dealing. We do have the freedom to eat. We do have the freedom to marry. Humankind do have this freedom. And this freedom is God-ordained. This freedom is necessary for mankind. For mankind to exist, eating is needed. For mankind to propagate, marriage is needed. No one can deny these two things, but the fallen man abused and still are abusing both of these two freedoms. So after the dealing with man's soulish aspirations, fleshly lusts, and the right claiming. After dealing these things, Paul comes to a very serious point. That is the abuse of the human freedom, especially in the matter of eating and in the matter of marriage. It's quite meaningful. They are civilized people. Open the doors for the flesh. Then the fleshly people build up ground basis for all kinds of illegal things. So you have the right claiming, 
So you have what? The abuse. The abuse of the freedom. In the church, soul should be denied. That is the very base for the church life on the negative side. On the positive side, of course, the church life is based upon the truth. That is Christ and his cross. Well, on the negative side, the church life is also based upon the denial of the soul. We all have to learn how to deny, to deny our soul, giving no ground, no chance, no occasion, no opening for the soul to do anything. Once a church becomes soulish, that's all. It is finished. Why? Because soulish life opens the gate for the flesh to come in, and when the flesh comes in, it builds up. It does not only open something, it builds up something. It builds up the ground, the base, for what? For right claiming, for uh, the abuse of uh, human freedom. Paul's sequence in his dealing, especially in his writing, is marvelous. Francis, this sequence is marvelous. In the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul was writing to address many problems, and those problems were dealt with in a sequence, weren't they? Mm -hmm. I think as we come to this matter of the abuse of freedom and the exercising of someone's rights, I mean, this sounds almost like a good thing to exercise your right. Freedom is a good thing, but to abuse freedom is not a good thing, is it? We are really the people in this country who love to talk about freedom and love to talk about our rights are claiming our rights. This area that's covered in this message are really two things concerning our body. Well, actually, both aspects concern our body because he talks about food and he talks about sex. And these two things are our right, but if they are abused, they are our downfall. So Paul was such a person learning to live in his spirit and learning to deal with these problems in his spirit and by his spirit. And I'm afraid, Matt, that many, many times the Christians that we meet and the Christians that we are are uh, not so clean, not so clear about the uh, careful demarcation of what is our right and what is an abuse. We don't have any right to go against our physical body. We were created by God. Our bodies are really for the Lord. Paul says this in this portion. Our bodies are for the Lord, and the Lord is for our body. But if we abuse our body, we will lose the ground to be a fully developed and matured believer, a Christian that's full of Christ, that could enter into the kingdom. Because at the beginning of the verses you just read, he says, such people cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So to be a person who can enter into the kingdom of God means not only that we are forgiven for our past, but that we are really washed in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God and that we are perfected, learning not to be overpowered by these things that have to do with our body, both the foods that we eat and the sex life that's our right but not a privilege to abuse. Abusing either one of these will damage God's temple. 
I just wanted to underscore one thing you said, Francis, to make sure our listeners are hearing you right. You said that these two matters, this matter of food and the matter of sex, are the two things that we have the right for. Obviously, if you didn't have those two things, there would be no propagation of life on the earth. You'd have no more kids, Mm -hmm. and you'd have people would die of starvation. So for survival and the continuation on the earth for God's interests, you have to have those two things. Right. But the problem is, is so many abuses come from abuse of the freedom in those two areas. Yes, I can recall and even think back of uh, many times when I have, particularly in this matter of food, I have a certain craving or certain desire for certain kinds of food. But if I just satisfy my desire, which I have a right to do, if I just do that and I'm brought under the power of for certain kind of appetite, I will damage my body. And so that really damages the Lord's temple because he said our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So uh, I'm amazed, Matt, at the way Paul deals with all the problems that are here in this Corinthian church and actually which seem to be prevalent among so many Christians. All these kind of problems still exist. The only solution for them is the experience of Christ and the the power that keeps us from being brought under the power of anything that's an abuse, either in foods or in sex. Those are two things that we're talking about today. Well, it's a big point. I think we could say a lot more, but we better stop and go on to our next portion with Witness Lee. Let's go on to him right now. Paul opens this section with such a word. All things are lawful to me, but not all things are expedient. Then Paul goes on to say, all things are lawful to me. He repeated, but I will not be brought under the power of anything. The first sentence all things are not expedient, is somewhat objective. But the second, I will not be brought under the power of anything. This is altogether subjective. Whether you should do something or not, you check yourself. Are you under that thing? Are you under the power of that thing? Are you under the control of that thing? Or not? If you are, you shouldn't do it. People say America, USA, is a land of freedom. It's a free land. But I found out, in other sense, USA is altogether not free. All the USA people got bound, enslaved, enslaved to their sports, enslaved to their ball games. Some are under the power of football. They will sell their car. Probably some would sell their wife. <laughs> they would forget their job just to go to the football game. There was a power. You may say, all things are lawful to me. Yes, brother, all things are lawful to me, but you should not be brought under the power of the football. Anything that has become a power over you, burn that. You know what? This verse can be considered as a proverb. This New Testament proverb it is very good to hang such a proverb on your wall. All things are love to me, but not all things are expedient. 
especially the last one. All things are lawful to me, but I will not be brought under the power of anything. Francis, I talked to my son just last week about this verse when he was playing his computer games. He said, it's not bad to play a computer game, but don't be brought under the power of it. We can really see this today, can't we? Not just with sports, but with so many things. But we've really especially touched a nerve with this matter with sports, haven't we? I believe this is really one of the, the most obvious and the most available nerve to touch because it's so infected our whole society. And what Brother Lee said about being brought under the power of football to such an extent that they even lose their job or their wife or anything to be able to continue with this. And that's not only with the players. That's with the observers, the ones that watch it. Maybe more with the observers. I think so. They get caught away in this with such excitement and such power. It is a power, a force. And uh, we must fully deal with anything that has power over us. I think this is the key sentence today, that we must fully deal with anything that has power over us, and especially that affects our body. I agree with you. We're going to run out of time today because we're uh, taking so much time to to develop these points, and I'm going to stop now and go on to the final portion with Witness Lee, and then we'll come back, Francis, and have some more time to conclude. I think we can get into this a little more. So let's go to him now, and then we'll come back and fellowship more. The body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. In the first part of the verse, it doesn't say God is for the belly and the food. No, God is altogether not for those things. God will bring the belly and the food to nothing. But the Lord will not bring the body to nothing. You see? The body is for the Lord. It's not for fornication. And the Lord is for the body. And God has boots raised up the Lord that mainly means raised up his body and will raise up us, also mainly our body, from the tomb, from the death, through his power. Do you believe in this promise? That the Lord is for the body. And God will raise up our body. Actually, this is a dual promise. Number one, the Lord is for the body. Today, even. It doesn't say shall be for the body. It is for the body. This is proved by Romans 8.11. Even today, the resurrection life can sustain our mortal body. Our mortal body, even today, can receive the supply of the resurrection life. And many times, the Lord heals us. The first promise is for today, as is. And the second promise is for the future, as well. The Lord is for our body today, but God will raise up our body. This raising up means transfiguration. The transfiguration will be the real resurrection. When we will be transfigured, that means what? That means we all will be resurrected in our body. Now, we come to verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? This is too wonderful. Our bodies are members of Christ. Shall I then 
taking the members of Christ, make them members of a prostitute? Certainly not. Or God forbid. That was King James' expression. God forbid. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute is one body with the prostitute? For he says, the two shall be one flesh. That means one body. But, hallelujah, we come to this verse. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. What is this? Our being one with the Lord is not only spiritual, but also physical. Today, we don't realize so much. One day, this will be fully manifested. That we are actually one with the Lord, body, soul, and spirit. We'll be like Him. This body of ours will become absolutely one with His body. Absolutely one like His glorious body. This is marvelous. Francis, I really enjoy the life study, how it goes verse by verse Mm. through the Bible. Nothing is left out. We really take every verse. And this comparison between the power that has over people versus the power that will change our body. How about that for a comparison? And I think this is a big thing. Today's broadcast is centered on the fact that we should not abuse what our rights are. Because our body is really for the Lord, and the Lord is for our body. I was really touched with this matter because the abuse of the body will just kill us and uh, destroy us for the coming kingdom. But the real fact is that we will participate in the resurrection just like the Lord Jesus. And according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, it says, When we see him, we will be just like him. For we shall see him as he is. That is, he is now his glorified body. That doesn't say we'll see him as he was. People think of seeing him in the physical form. But no, he has a glorified body, and we will be raised to participate in this glorified body. And right now, because his spirit is in our spirit, we are really experiencing that life, even in our mortal bodies. In the church life, These days, it's mostly physical because we come together in a physical way. But to damage our physical body by what we eat or by the misuse of sex, all these things put a real damage to our testimony and to the Lord's body. Nevertheless, we will be resurrected. The Lord will change our mortal body like to his glorious body. And... uh, For that, we need to be keeping ourselves away from the power of anything that would distract us from being one spirit with the Lord. Very good. Francis, I appreciate uh, the word of experience that you've given us. I'm real glad to be here, although I've got a few gray hairs. Your gray hairs uh, (laughs) signify a lot of life experience. And what you just said is good about the matter of the church life is a physical, 80% probably physical in the church. And... We are, uh, if we don't take care of the physical things, I mean, we might want to seek to be spiritual, but you've also got to take care of your body. If you don't have a body, you can't present it to the Lord. Francis, I'm really glad you joined us today for the life study. 
Thank you very much. I was so glad to be here. Well, our time's up, and uh, we appreciate you all joining us today. Uh, if you'd like to get a copy of the printed message, you can call 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's one 888 On behalf of Francis Ball, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for joining us on Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. In both the first and last book of the Bible, God presents himself to man as the tree of life. Throughout the Bible, God is portrayed as food for man to eat and life for man to enjoy. In the tree of life, Witness Lee presents a view of God's heart that is little understood and seldom experienced by Christians today, revealing that it is God's desire that we receive Christ experience Christ, and enjoy Christ as our moment-by-moment supply. The Tree of Life from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.